leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Matt State is known for his work trying to understand the biology underlying psychiatric illness, but as the chairman of the University of California, San Francisco's Department of Psychiatry, part of his job has been to help address the city's homelessness crisis. Homelessness is a complex issue, but the role mental health plays in the problem is often overlooked. With about 10,000 people who are homeless in San Francisco, more than a third of these people have a psychiatric or substance abuse problem. We spoke to State about the connection between homelessness and mental health issues, UCSF's efforts in this area, and how it fits with the mission of a leading public institution. Matt, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. We're going to talk about homelessness, your efforts to address San Francisco's homelessness problem, and how you find yourself involved in this issue as the head of UCSF's Department of Psychiatry. Though this is a problem by no means confined to the San Francisco Bay Area, I think anyone who has been to San Francisco or the surrounding areas would be struck by how visible and pronounced the crisis is here. For people outside the area, can you describe the extent of the problem? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, uh, so <laughs> there are a lot of a, a lot of questions there, but I'll start by describing the problem. So San Francisco um, currently has approximately uh, ten thousand individuals uh, who um, are uh, on the streets who um, are homeless, um, and a larger population that um, have insecure housing. Um, uh, a good proportion of that population suffers from um, uh, other challenges, and um, that gets to the question of how I'm involved, but a significant um, proportion suffer from serious mental illness, um, from chronic substance uh, dependence problems, um, exposure uh, to violence and trauma. Um, and um, uh, so uh, it is um, uh, not just a numbers game, but the um, uh, but the challenges that that population faces in San Francisco um, is is quite apparent in the way that um, uh, people experience uh, those that are homeless in the city. Um, I would I'd just add that I agree with you that the the, we're, the the focus.
focus in the city right now um, uh, is certainly on uh, that population um, and um, and the importance of our being able to provide uh, not only appropriate housing but appropriate care for them. But I also say, you know, just um, uh, that at, at this moment, California, the nation really is struggling with um, uh, the um, acute homelessness that's occurred as a consequence of the fires and just want to make sure we don't uh, forget that in the conversation today. Fair enough. I think there's a, a tendency to think of the issue as an economic one, although it's a lot more complex than that. To what extent do mental health and addiction issues intersect with other issues in the realm of homelessness? So the first thing to say is that in San Francisco, there's no question that one of the things that's contributing to this problem is the lack of affordable and available housing, kind of, um, uh, including supportive housing. So um, there is no question that to some degree this is um, driven by that problem, and that's an economic problem. And and there are folks who will say, you know, the most important you know that that the the uh, most effective uh, way to combat homelessness uh is to invest in homes and and uh, that strategy the idea of having housing for people is absolutely essential there's no question that that uh, is necessary uh, ultimately to solve this problem but the the rest of what you asked is also tremendously important because as i just mentioned there are um a, a very large percentage of people who find themselves homeless and particularly find themselves among the most chronically homeless suffer from uh, these other uh, kinds of issues. And, and it's where my role as chairman of the Department of Psychiatry really comes in at, at UCSF, where we have um, a, a real commitment to serving uh, the public around the issues of trauma, uh, psychiatric, severe psychiatric illness, and substance abuse. Um, so um, uh, while investing in housing is absolutely essential, uh, it, it is also essential for us to be able to um, effectively address the care that many of the individuals who find themselves chronically homeless need. To what extent has the issue of access to mental health services been tied to the growing problem of homelessness? Um, I think there's there is no doubt that um, limitations in the availability of um, uh, services in San Francisco um, uh, is exacerbating the problem with homelessness. I think nationally, you can see that the trends that have taken place with the reduction um, in mental health services um, uh, initially, you know, long ago with the um, opening up of uh, and then elimination of things like state hospitals, but even more recently with kind of chronic reduction reductions in a community mental health system, uh, that whenever there's a decrease in those kinds of services, um, then uh, the, the problem of homelessness um, uh, is exacerbated. And so, you know, what is what is remarkable in San Francisco is that uh, overall it is, it's a tremendously um, uh, generous city right now with regard to the kind of investment that's made um, in, uh, in mental health. Um, but, but there still is a challenge. There still are challenges around providing enough beds, providing enough slots in substance abuse programs, providing enough opportunities for wraparound services for those uh, with mental illness. So 
there's no question that we can do better. And there's also no question that if we were doing better, then both sort of the overall problem and the public's experience of the problem of homelessness would uh, improve. Um, I just add that, um, you know, we can talk about um, sort of the the tendency for nihilism to set in around these problems, but I would say that it's a particularly, um, uh, I think, um, exciting moment of opportunity right now because of the longstanding commitment of our governor-elect uh, and the new mayor in San Francisco, um, who understand not only the importance of housing, but of the connection between these other um, chronic social problems uh, and uh, chronic homelessness. How did you become involved in this issue, and what role is UCSF playing in addressing the problem of homelessness and, and delivering care to this population? UCSF is an academic medical center, um, uh, but that has a broad reach in San Francisco and in the region. So um, uh, when I accepted the job of psychiatry, uh, chair of psychiatry at UCSF about five years ago, um, one of the things that drew me here was the sort of broader mission that um, UCSF not only runs uh, from a medical standpoint, um, UCSF Health, um, but also provides uh, a medical care through the county system. Um, uh, our docs are the uh, medical staff, the entire medical staff at San Francisco General, which is the safety net hospital and really ground zero for um, uh, the homeless population with regard to their mental um, health care, substance abuse, and physical health care. Um, and we also run a variety of quite large community-based programs uh, that serve this population. We do this in partnership with the city, who's often providing the lion's share of funding here, but we have uh, multiple programs. For instance, um, we run something called Citywide Focus, which is one of the largest providers of wraparound services. That means comprehensive uh, service for folks with serious mental, uh, mental illness. We run something called the Alliance Health Project, which uh, provides services uh, for, um, uh, particularly for at-risk individuals in the LGBTQ community, uh, which is dramatically overrepresented, sadly, uh, within the homeless population. We run something called the Trauma Recovery Center, which is really a um, uh, a model program, not only for San Francisco, but for the state on taking care of individuals who've been exposed to violence. Um, and, and again, um, those populations, particularly women, to violence end up being overrepresented within the homeless population. And then on top of that, we also run the psychiatric services at the San Francisco VA Hospital um, uh, and a number of outlying clinics throughout um, the, the uh, Northern California region. So when you take a look at all of that, uh, or I ended up as chair the, on day one um, uh, um, being responsible for uh, mental health care um, to these individuals. And uh, honestly, it's one of the reasons that I decided to move from the East Coast uh, to UCSF um, because uh, it is a, a kind of a remarkable institution in its commitment not only to world-class science um, uh, and outstanding patient care, but really to the, to the public mission. Here within the university, that part of the reason that I'm able to um, uh, to uh, do what I'm doing right now is because of the work of other folks here and a couple in particular. So we, um, uh, Margaret Cushell uh, has been really a national leader in thinking about um, the role of housing uh, in homelessness, and um, and our chancellor Sam Hawgood um, has been um, intensely interested. Honestly, along with our CEO, Mark Larratt, and our Dean Talmadge King, in, in really trying to understand uh, what is the most positive role that... As a leading research institution, are you doing anything to 
better understand this problem from a psychiatric point of view? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, not only are we um, uh, trying to, I mean, and in anything that we do uh, at UCSF, as you point out, as an academic medical institution, we both um, kind of take it um, uh, as uh, um, as a, a driving part of the mission, not only to provide care um, and to make sure that it's outstanding, but also to continually push to advance knowledge. And a variety of the programs that I've talked to you about um, are, are actively involved in taking a look at how we can improve services. Um, find uh, programs uh, that are more effective uh, and more efficient in in, uh, in providing care. Um, one of the things I didn't mention, which is in, incredibly important with regard to kind of how um, the homeless problem plays out practically in the city, is that, as I said, we staff ZSFG, um, uh, the, uh, Zuckerberg San Francisco General, uh, and we also staff a psychiatric emergency service there, PES, which is um, uh, the only uh, receiving facility for people who've been uh, put on uh, psychiatric uh, holds in the city. And there as well, we're always trying to take a look at how we can more effectively and more efficiently take care of people in acute crisis in order, if we can, to prevent prolonged hospitalizations, uh, prevent the downstream consequences of severe psychiatric illness. So it is part and parcel of what we do, not only to provide the care, but um, to uh, try to uh, advance our understanding of how to do that um, better. I'd also say um, that one of the things that I'm extremely interested in as well. So um, you asked how I got into this, and, and you know, um, uh, one of the reasons that it's, um, I think some people see it as a bit unusual is that my background is as a molecular geneticist. My uh, professional life has been dedicated to trying to understand the biological basis of psychiatric illness. And some people see that as sort of, you know, antithetical or orthogonal to everything that we've been talking about. I don't, uh, and and um, one of the reasons that I've been interested in trying to understand at a deep level what is going on with psychiatric illnesses is that um, it is really a path for us to do far better in treating these conditions, and it's also a path, I think, to begin to erase stigma, um, that much of what drives our stigma and judgment and marginalization of the mentally ill and substance abuse uh, substance use disorder population is is really the the, uh, the misunderstanding and the mystery. And when you take a look at the history of what's happened with things like cancer, where no one would talk about it 50 years ago, scientific information, the ability to understand that and treat it effectively transformed the way that people um, uh, experienced cancer, the way that people viewed cancer from the outside in the discussion about that. And, and I really feel strongly that part of what we can do at UCSF, in addition to providing services and figuring out how to do that better is to contribute to a deep understanding of, of things like schizophrenia, uh, autism, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, what drives some people to be highly vulnerable to substance dependence uh, while others are not. And I think if we can make that kind of contribution, it will also uh, be a contribution to uh, addressing the homeless problem. And, and are those issues... And are those issues causes or are they symptoms. Do people have these problems and then end up becoming homeless or do they become homeless and this creates these problems? So um, by and large, so by the way, that's a, it's a great question. For the most serious mental illnesses, it, by and large, um, the the interaction uh, is with the mental illness um, either driving or exacerbating problems with homelessness. There's really no 
evidence that even a major stressor like homelessness will lead someone who's not highly vulnerable for something like schizophrenia or autism or severe mood disorder um, to develop that. Now, at the same time, there's no question that stress um, exacerbates psychiatric illness dramatically and, and can contribute to, you know, latent risk then emerging more kind of overtly. So it, it may not, it's not as simple as simply saying, well, it's always psychiatric illness driving homelessness. But as a general proposition, at least for the kinds of disorders that I've described for you, our understanding is that these are largely um, uh, um, uh, disorders that are driven um, uh, by um, uh, by intrinsic factors with an input from the environment and, and not caused um, uh, solely by, say, the trauma of homelessness. Now, that it gets a little bit more complicated around the issues of something like post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and there are particular psychiatric illnesses that are directly tied, the diagnosis is actually tied to um, a stressor. Um, but for the things I described for you, there's no evidence that homelessness per se causes schizophrenia or causes autism or causes severe bipolar disorder. UCSF is a public university, and I think people there have always felt part of their mission is public education. Uh, the public can often lack compassion in viewing people who are homeless. They can be concerned about the, the the problem being an eyesore or creating a safety concern rather than considering the welfare of these people. Is there a role for the university to play in framing the problem for the public? Um, so um, w one of the reasons that I was uh, thankful for you inviting me to come on your program today was precisely uh, that, that we feel that it's important for the uh, university and the Department of Psychiatry not just to be in our own world sort of addressing these problems, but to play a, a larger role in our um, uh, in uh, helping to educate um, uh, the community uh, and to interact with the community around these issues. Um, one of the things I'd, I'd say is that, you know, over the last several years, um, after coming into this job, as I said about five years ago, um, that um, uh, I, I've been uh, particularly interested in, we have a very large number of faculty who are really actively engaged, uh, not only in, in, um, in, you know, trying to convey uh, information to the public, but, um, uh, but to um, uh, help uh, develop um, uh, more kind of coherent approaches within the department to do that. One of the things that we've been doing most recently is that we've engaged in a partnership um, with um, uh, with uh, the city um, and with Tipping Point um, uh, Philanthropy um, that um, is explicitly aimed at bringing together um, uh, a whole variety of constituencies, including the university, to address this problem. Some of that is to come up with a, a um, uh, an agreed upon and um, uh, um, uh, plan and program, particularly around this intersection of homelessness, mental illness, and substance use disorders. But a good portion of this as well is to, to try to make sure that we're bringing communities together to do education uh, and to do outreach and have um, and have um, uh, um, uh, to begin to mitigate some of the problems that you describe which, by the way, are profoundly uh, important for individuals with psychiatric illness, not just the homeless. 
that that the kinds of adjectives that you described around homelessness are things that sadly people with mental illness um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, across the socioeconomic spectrum continue uh, to suffer. Um, It is a a population that's highly marginalized. It's a population that is criminalized. Uh, The largest provider of mental health services in the United States is the criminal justice system. There is no other area of medicine where that would be even remotely tolerated. It would be seen as completely shameful. And that still, unfortunately, is the situation um, uh, with regard to mental illness. Uh, and as you can imagine, when you think about what that means, that the intersection then between the marginalization, serious illness, the need for services, um, uh, a vulnerable population that can be criminalized, then how you can imagine that none of that is good um, for um, uh, um, uh, making sure that someone is securely housed. And so we really have a cycle of problems, uh, you know, a universe of problems that need to be dealt with simultaneously in order to address the the, the underlying issues in, in the homeless population in San Francisco. At the start of this discussion, I think you mentioned there were 10,000 people in San Francisco who were homeless. While that's a, a significant number, it's nevertheless finite. This is a finite problem. Why have cities had such a hard time addressing this issue? Yeah. So um, so I love that you said that for a couple reasons. The first is that I think it's really important that, that the point that you just made um, is um, uh, is underscored that yes this is a, it is a very large problem there's no question but it is also a finite problem and and you know when i wake up in the morning and i risk being down about the the sort of intractability and the complexity of the problem the fact that it is a finite problem uh is something that i think is really important for us all to remember um uh that it is something that can be addressed um and um and actually i mean the scale of the problem here just in terms of sheer numbers compared to even to something like Los Angeles County, it is it is a it is a finite problem. It's not an easy problem. Clearly, it's not. You know, as I said, our governor-elect, um, uh, when he was mayor here, was um, uh, was highly committed to this problem, and um, and I think probably would be the first to say that um, his administration didn't make um, uh, the kind of progress. Uh, in ending homelessness that they would have loved to. So it's not easy, but I do think it's tractable. Um, so then the, the next question, the next part of this, which is why if it's a finite problem with only 10,000 people or something like that, I want to, you know, that's not a hard number. There's something called the spot survey, which goes out annually to take a look at the number of homeless in the city. And, and the, the numbers there are somewhere in the neighborhood, about 8,000. I think people in, you know, in the field feel like that's, um, uh, you know, a reasonable ballpark, but there, um, but it's the numbers more likely higher, and then particularly when you start taking a look at those who are insecurely housed, the numbers even higher than that. But it's still, regardless, is finite. So why why aren't we doing better? We're a generous city, a city that generally cares about things like mental illness and and providing services to people, etc. And yet we still have this problem. Um, you know, honestly, it's something that um, these are multi-determined problems. They take um, uh, coordinated efforts. They take strong leadership, uh, and they take a sustained commitment. And and the fact is, you know, I said a few moments ago that I'm 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 particularly optimistic at this moment, and I am because um, we have a governor-elect and we have a mayor who are 
who are sophisticated about the problem, understand that it is a problem for the city, but that it's also a regional problem, understand the importance of mental illness, substance use disorders, and taking care of the pathway to homelessness with things like um, adverse childhood experiences and those kinds of things. They understand the problem, and I think um, with uh, with active leadership when you take a look at the handful of cities that have done very well um, uh, with regard to homelessness. Um, one of the things that distinguishes them is the active leadership, bringing communities together, um, uh, um, uh, getting rid of kind of parochial interest and siloed interests, working in a coordinated way to bring together, say, you know, people interested in housing with people committed to mental health, serious illness in vulnerable populations, substance use, um, those kinds of things. And I think we are at a moment now where there's this intersection of public interest, uh, interest among philanthropy in San Francisco, among the business community, um, certainly among the academic community in UCSF, um, with really committed leadership. And it, and it gives me hope that um, we we can and should be one of the counterexamples so that, you know, a year from now or two years from now, your question won't be, why aren't we solving this? But the question will be, why isn't the model that you that San Francisco has used successfully is not being more broadly applied across the nation? Is there anything you've learned through these efforts that you think could be applied elsewhere to better address the problem in in other cities? So, I mean, I think, you know, we need to take care of what we're doing here first. I think that there is a lot of potential know-how here. Um, uh, Certainly right now, you know, we would not hold, I don't think anyone in San Francisco would hold itself up as a model for what other cities should be doing in homelessness. But I think that there is a path forward for us to begin to address problems in a creative way um, that I think, you know, um, we should definitely aspire to that um, becoming a model. Um, I think that, you know, our ability to really take a comprehensive approach to this um, is something that um, is is beginning to form, uh, I think, organically and and um, and can help reinforce um, uh, uh, important examples from other places around the United States to show what a, what a, um, a, a good path forward is. Um, you know, one of the things I have to say is I often, when I talk about the homeless problem, and it's one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a faculty that has been engaged in this for a very long time. You know, and I, I have faculty at ZSFG who, you know, were on Ward 86 in the very first days of the AIDS crisis. Um, and, you know, and, and what happened during that time when I hear about UCSF's role, when I hear about what the city was able to do, um, uh, it, with the same kind of energy around um, a, a, a big, big crisis for the city, that people were able to come together in San Francisco in a remarkable way and take on, you know, a, a, an enormous challenge. And so I think that there's a lot that um, that we can take from that experience um, uh, and to use as a model for what we need to do to attack the crisis of homelessness. And I can tell you that a lot of what we did in San Francisco became a model for the nation around um, taking care of folks with HIV and AIDS, and there's no reason that people shouldn't be looking to San Francisco around this crisis in the same way. Matt State, chair of UCSF's Department of Psychiatry. Matt, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, 
subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.